Before beginning today's episode, I just wanted to take a quick moment to say that everyone involved with Nostalgia Decoms today is 100% supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. And in showing our support, last week we decided not to release an episode for Blackout Tuesday. I also decided not to release an episode at all last week. That way, the focus could remain on Black Lives Matter, their protests going on, and the matter currently at hand, that being police brutality. In our continued support this week, I've decided to release this message showing our support for Black for Black Lives Matter to play prior to the start of the episode in lieu of our regular advertisement that usually plays. I just didn't want to feel like we were profiting off of the the movement itself. And I'd like to end by saying that this might not be the best speech in showing support for Black Lives Matter. I'm sure my grammar might be uh, wrong or how I'm expressing things isn't the most perfect, but I'm at least doing my best, and I think that's all anyone can ask for. The important thing is that I and the Nostalgia Decoms Today podcast support Black Lives Matter, and I hope positive changes can be made to our current system and the way things are done. Now, if you'll indulge me, a moment of silence for those who have been unjustly taken from this world too soon. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Nostalgia Decoms Today. My name is Trevor Dion, and with me as always is my brother Kyle. Hello. Today, we're talking about the second decom made, although Disney Plus would have you believe it's the first because it's listed as the first on the app, which I'm very bummed out about because it's not the first, it is under wraps. But we'll get to that another time. <laughs> the movie we're talking about is 1998 classic You Lucky Dog, starring Kirk Cameron. And Kyle and I will get into our opinions about the film in just a moment. But first, here's my quick synopsis for You Lucky Dog. You Lucky Dog follows Jack Morgan, played by 90s teen heartthrob Kirk Cameron. A man who once had the ability to hear dogs' thoughts, but lost it after his own dog died, and he's been phoning it in as a dog psychiatrist ever since. Until Lucky came along, that is. Lucky is the dog of a kind-hearted millionaire named Mr. Windsor, played by Hansford Rowe, and he is brought in by Mr. Windsor because Lucky isn't eating, which Jack learns is because of three people Lucky deems a threat to Windsor. A mere two weeks later, Mr. Windsor is found dead, and he leaves his entire fortune to his dog Lucky. And he leaves Lucky with Jack, since Jack can communicate with him. The only problem is that Jack and Lucky could lose the fortune to the bratty Windsor heirs if Jack is deemed mentally insane. And the fact that Lucky can control Jack into being dog-like doesn't help their case. Okay, Kyle, before I ask your opinion of it, you obviously had the eye for it. I don't know what poster Nessa you were looking at, but you were right on the money. It is 
uh, Uncle Phil, who appears in this film. But let's get your your thoughts on this decom. What did you think of it? It's very hilarious. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because it's a guy talking to a dog, and you know that thought is kind of funny, you know. Mm-hmm. But I found it a lot of fast paced. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happen too fast for for me to get a grasp on. Now, I mean, all the acting was pretty good, you know. I mean, there's a lot of big names in this, mm-hmm. so I I would have imagined that it was good. A lot of acting behind most actors, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I definitely... It was pretty funny, uh, if not far-fetched. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, a lot of it is it's very fast-paced. Even though there's certain things... Like, there's one scene in particular that they're taking forever to do. It's with the three... Oh. Uh, the two nephews and the niece and everything. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the dog. Like, that whole thing took way too long, in my opinion. Like, you could have shortened that down a little bit. That way you could have taken your time. Extend other parts. Yes, other parts that would have need more explaining mm. and to make more sense in the long run. It was a fun movie to watch, though. Mm-hmm. There were some cheesy dialogue scenes. And I thought for a second that this might be a reboot or a sequel to like an original version, but I guess this is the original. And the reason I thought that is there a newer version though, like a well, not exactly. But there's another film that came out in 2010 that, that I saw. To that it. well, it's called You Lucky Dog. Oh, okay. But from what I gather, it has nothing to do premise wise okay. with this. <laughs> no, the reason I thought that this might be a sequel or a reboot of an original version is because Kirk Cameron, mm-hmm. who stars in this film, he was in another film called The The Computer That Wore Shoes or something to that effect. And that was a reboot of another Disney classic from like the 60s or 70s that starred Kurt Russell. Wow. And Kurt Russell had this string of movies all based around the same character that he was basically the, the scientist kid mm-hmm. who did these different things so like i think the first one was the computer that wore shoes and then he had i think the world's strongest kid and then some other thing but they they were all like the same character and they kind of was a continuation of each other and so i thought this might have been one of those to where at the beginning when we're seeing all like these newspaper clippings mm-hmm. That, if not necessarily like Kurt Russell, the original actor who played in the film, that it was a reference to that film. That way you wouldn't be trying to figure out what happened prior or how he got these powers. You could just go watch that original movie and boom, it's like that. But from what I gather, that is not the case. This is the first time this film has been made. So, let's get into talking about it. (laughs) I already kind of mentioned that it starts off with showing newspaper clippings mm-hmm. of the fact that Kirk Cameron, whenever he was younger, could talk to his own dog. dog. Yep. And I would have actually liked to see... The interaction with his old dog? Yeah, like that, that first movie, I mean, if you will. Right, because he does mention it a lot in his... As the movie goes on about him and his dog and how he had problems with it. Right, and if you kind of 
give the setup of like a first movie mm-hmm. where you're seeing this teen, even if it's not Kirk Cameron, if it's like right. another film that happened before this, where you're seeing this teen interact with his dog, that that would make for like a whole nother different type of movie mm-hmm. altogether. Like you have this kid that's trying to do the science project and then things go awry and then boom. He can talk to his dog. He can talk to his dog. And then the, the other thing that kind of made me feel this way is that th- that this is a sequel or a reboot to a previous film is that the way Kirk Cameron talks about having like, the things he does, mm-hmm. it's almost as if like the audience who's watching this should know that his character has been here before kind of thing. And I'll explain that as we get to that. But he has all these newspaper clippings about him being this scientist kid in the world, stunned by the fact that he can talk to his dog and whatnot and blah, 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 blah. And he's now a dog psychiatrist Mm -hmm. because he's known for talking to dogs. But apparently that's not the case anymore. He fixed it all. He fixed it all now because at some point, um, I would assume, like, after his dog died, probably, he lost the power. And he says that the power disappeared mysteriously, mm-hmm. right? I feel like, the mis- like, mysteriously might have had to do with the fact with his dog dying. So, taking into consideration the dog in this film, Lucky, mm-hmm. after his owner dies, which we'll get into that in a second, we learn that he's depressed, he's not eating and everything. Who's to say that Kirk Cameron, what you know, having this, ha- yeah, has this connection with his own dog and everything, and then at some point his dog dies, that's depressing. Like, you lose a pet, like a pet is part of your family. Mm-hmm. That could possibly be traumatic enough for him to lose his, his power. Yeah. So what we see him do now, instead of actually talking to the dogs, is he just sits the dogs down in his office and he goes to sleep. <laughs> Too bad the owner of the dog that he was, a uh, psychiatrist thing. Uh-huh. Walks in on him having his dog eat food, you know? Yep. Yeah. And the guy's like, I'm going to tell this to the mayor because I'm really good friends with him. We're going to get you shut down. Yeah, right. You're not friends with no mayor. (laughs) And as that couple and their dog are walking out, there's this millionaire guy who walks in with his dog talking about how he's having problems with his dog. And so Kirk Cameron's character, uh, Jack, needing money to you know finance his operation and the fact that his secretary is about to leave him takes on the dog he's like oh yeah i can basically manipulate this guy and get money out of him blah 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 and so he sits down he's kind of going through his same old routine he tries to talk to the dog at first for like maybe a few seconds and then he's like like, i'm going crazy i don't know why i'm doing this whatever yeah, yeah yeah and then he's about to do his same old routine but then he hears the dog bark now i wish we could have Heard the dog talk yes. in his mind. All we heard was the dog bark in his mind. Yes. It's like, wait, it's just the bark in your mind, right? It's, yeah. Like, I really, like you said, I wish we could have gotten, especially that first interaction where all it is is the dog barking in the dog's mind and Kirk Cameron hearing it. Mm-hmm. If we could have just gotten the dog to say, like, words. Mm-hmm. And it could have been in the the dog voice, if you will, that Kirk Cameron does... Later yeah. in the movie. And that, that could have been the voice. Easy peasy. <laughs> but all we get are wolves, which is fine. And that apparently freaks out Jack, Kirk Cameron's character. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Because from what I gather, he just hears the, the barking. 
but he's freaked out by it because he's like, what am I hearing? What is that? And if we're to believe that what he heard was someone saying something, mm-hmm. it would have been better if they, instead of having, Woof, they'd have had a, hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you, or hey, listen to me, or something yeah. to that effect. But no, they don't have that. And that, like I said, that freaks out Kirk Cameron enough. Jack freaks him out enough to where he's like, I, I can't do this. And like, leads the dog out, brings him back to his owner. He's like, I, sorry, I can't, sorry, I can't accept your money. I can't do this. And yeah. then he's like, well, uh, what do I do then? Yeah, like, uh, there's some, I can't, I don't understand, like, what's wrong with my dog and everything. And then, once again, the dog barks in his head. He's like, he's depressed because... Because of the three people in your house, there's something going on. Yeah. And that immediately clues in the owner that he knows what's bothering the dog now, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as that owner leaves, they get a call from the mayor, Kirk Cameron and mm-hmm. his, his, secretary. his secretary get a call from the mayor, and they are moving him out within two weeks. Oh, apparently his secretary knows that he has the power too. Yeah. So, and this is going to kind of come into play But we don't ever see the secretary ever again, though. Right. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, if from what we saw, he was already struggling to pay her because mm-hmm. she mentions whenever she's first packing up that uh, Jack says, I'll, "I'll pay you anything you want." You know, your, your whatever back back rent rate. Yeah, well, she, like she's basically saying that she she's waiting for a back pay because right. he hasn't paid her in a long time, obviously, because they probably haven't been getting business. But it's the newspaper clippings. Like I'm sure everybody should. Have some kind of semblance as to who he is, and even if you don't, you can go look up records in newspapers and everything about who he is. Like, it, but it, apparently, but I, I feel like she's more like she actually believes he did have that power, which later on you find out that most people like think he's just nuts. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. The fact that he did these like science projects and everything enough to get recognized in papers, mm-hmm. which I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe they're just local papers, but. It would seem like if something like that happened, it would be like a national known thing. Mm-hmm. Like television programs and everything would be talking about this. It'd be newsworthy. But you are right that she does seem more personal with him, which once again makes me think that maybe this was a previous movie and they were probably like really good friends or, or something to that effect. But we'll we never under- see that. Yeah, we'll never see it. Now watch. After we finish this, I'm gonna like be on Google Searching, or something like that, and then, and then, you then find like, hey, that's the original. Okay, yeah. gotta watch it. It's exactly what's gonna happen. I can already tell. But we see two weeks later, they're like moving him out and everything, and who shows up? But Uncle Phil himself, mm-hmm. yep. who is the driver for the Mr. Windsor, yeah, the yeah, the yeah. millionaire, Mr. Windsor, and he tells Jack that Jack needs to go with him. Because, because Mr. Windsor's dead and talked to his attorney. Yes. Now, while that's going on, we're at we go to the house where we see the three nieces uh, and nephews. Yeah, the Mr. two nephews Windsor. and the niece. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're re- and they're reading the will to them. Yes. Now, I don't necessarily know the lady per se of uh, the, the niece and nephews. Yeah. I know but, the one nephew. I don't know the other nephew, but I, the, the other nephew does look familiar. The one I don't know. I have definitely seen the other nephew in a number of things because he has a, re- a very recognizable face, mm-hmm. and like you said, the the lead nephew. So their names are Lyle Windsor, who's basically the, the lead nephew, yeah, the, the older. Then there's Margaret Windsor, who's the I don't woman. Know who that is at all. 
And then the youngest of the nephews, nephews. is Reuben Windsor. See, I know Reuben and Lyle. Yes. But I don't know where I know Reuben from. I just know that I've seen his face. Well, and I have a few things listed, but we'll get to that right. a little, little later. And as they're being read the will, mm-hmm. they, the attorney kind of goes in order. So she starts with Windsor. And in the will... He got a lazy chair because of how much he likes to... Lays about. Yes, lays about because he's very lazy Lazy and everything. Uh, (laughs) And then she moves on to Margaret. And because her greed is as much as her vanity, she's left a... Mirror. Mirror. uh, Like a very long mirror, basically. Like a body... I mean, they don't show it, though. That's kind of how they describe it. Uh, (laughs) And she's like, and? And the attorney's like, and nothing. That's it. (laughs) And then she moves on to Lyle, and Lyle's all like, yes, I get everything. <laughs> and I forget how how in the will Lyle is described, but basically he's left nothing. He's left nothing at all. Yeah. The other two are at least left a furniture and a mirror. Yeah. And those, you know, actually, if they, I wonder if they sold those items, how much do you get? Because this guy's a millionaire, right? So the mirror is probably worth more than the couch. Probably. I mean, I don't see them... Like either one of them getting more than say five hundred bucks, but that's still five hundred bucks. It's very true. Uh, that it that is very very true. And also, the will is basically we don't hear it in that moment, mm-hmm. but we're meant to basically assume, assume that, that the, everything goes to the dog. Yes, I mean, once again, they don't say in that moment, but once like. Those three got their stuff out the way, and they're like, "Well, who gets the who gets the money and everything?" I was like, "It's the dog, clearly." <laughs> <laughs> and we see that Jack is on his way to the to the place and everything, and he pulls up. They pull up into the driveway. driveway. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, as soon as he pulls up, everyone else like, is walking that out. Him, that's that him. That's him. And Margaret. Immediately goes and attacks him because she's upset with him that he's basically getting all the money, even though it's going to the dog. But he's there to be the trustee. And the others go. I thought they were going to attack him too, but they're pulling her off. Yeah, but it does seem like they're doing attacking as well. Yeah, <laughs> and it's why you get kind of Kirk Cameron for these kind of things, to where he gets basically pulled out of the top, uh, the sunroof, if you will, of the limousine that he's in. And if you can, if you can, yeah, let me try that again. <laughs> And if you get really anyone else in this role, maybe they don't want to do more like physical comedy. Mm-hmm. But once again, that's why I have Kirk Cameron because he's kind of known for his a little bit of a physical comedy kind of actor. <laughs> and then the driver, Uncle Phil, pulls him out. Pulls him out, and then the he seat. now he was I guess he was clearly like rushing to get into the driver's seat, mm-hmm. but he was taking so long. All three of those. The need, the, yeah, they would have gotten out before he even took off, but takes off with a minute. Now, if they were smart, even though they weren't thinking at this point, they should have gotten in their own cars because they complained about this too. The fact that all their stuff is still at the house and their cars, and they don't have money or anything like that to pay for anything. Yeah, see, even if they would have gotten in their own cars and driven away, they could have sold their cars. I'm pretty sure those are expensive cars. Oh yeah, but how luxurious they lived. Oh yeah, yeah, but they clearly wouldn't want to do that either because of what they bring up in the, their attorney's office, which we'll get to in a second. So Kirk Cameron walks in. He's talking to the the attorney, attorney whose name is Allison, mm-hmm. and they're 
walking around the house. She's kind of showing him around and everything, and then explains to him that he's a trustee of the will, right? Well, he's a, a trustee of the he's a trustee of Mister Windsor's money. Okay, because yeah. the money is all left to the dog, and, and since dogs. The, can't do nothing with the money. And yes. apparently, well, Mr. Windsor believes that he actually talked to the dog. Yeah. Which he did. Yes. And I mean, it makes sense that Mr. Windsor would believe it purely because. How would he know about the Three Stooges, basically? Right. You know, because he's never been seen him or anything. Right. And this, this was. Like, the internet was around, kind of, in the 90s. I wouldn't but, say that much. Yeah, it's not like it is now, where you can go Pretty on Google and... search anyone up, exactly. no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that. I mean, maybe you could say that Jack looked him up in, like, the papers or something like that, but I doubt they would have had something about his... But it's, but it's not like Jack would have known that Mr. Windsor was going to see him anyway. Right, exactly. So there was no reason for him to look up Mr. Right. Windsor in, at all. But, like we mentioned, Jack is now the trustee to the dog, to the, to the finances and everything. To the fortune. To the fortune. And so anything the dog wants or requires, Jack has to go and buy. And once we learn that, he's doing his little celebration and everything. But then I'm... we see... Yep. <laughs> we see the the nephews and the, the niece. They're at their lawyer's office. Mr. Uh, what's his name? Mr. Not, Fister. I went, they're not his... They're, they're lawyers yet. They're... Yeah. They're deciding whether to do it or not. They're trying to figure out how to get their money back, basically. And so they go to this, this lawyer for basically a consultation. And the lawyer's like, yeah, you know, the will says if we can... If we can prove him mentally insane, insane or any, incapable, yeah, then we can you can get your money back and da da da. And they're like, well, how much is it going to cost? And he says the lawyer says thirty percent, and they're like, that's outrageous. But the thing is, so I work for an attorney, uh-huh. and the usual rate is a third. Oh, okay. Now lawyers don't get paid. Unless they win. Right. So if the lawyer loses, they don't get paid at all. So they, they should have accepted it, you're saying, and just seen what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, maybe pricing was different in the 90s. Maybe 30% was too high. Maybe like 20% a, was more the rate. Yeah, 15 or 20% maybe. But I mean... Now I from, think 30% is... Yeah, but and from the time that this movie came out, which is in 98, mm-hmm. to when I started working for a lawyer, which was in 2011... That's, uh, that's almost, let's see, that's 10, 11, 12 13, years, 13, 13, yeah, 13 years. Okay. And whenever I first started working there in 2011, it was a third, like 33%. Okay. So, so the 13 year difference is not. Yeah. It's not that, that big of a thing, but like no. I said, maybe, maybe that was big enough to where it's th- like, oh no. Well, it's probably Victory talking. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that's like, that's hundred percent it too. A third? No way. We want all of it, basically. It, yeah, exactly. So either way, they they definitely should have taken Just it. Taken it. Let me yeah, see. because if they if they didn't win, then they didn't get anything, and he doesn't get anything. So. Exactly. So I mean, there's really nothing to lose except a, a third, almost, and like less than a third, really, because a third is thirty three percent. He's only asking for thirty. Anyhow, their greed gets the better of him, and. <laughs> They decide they don't want to go with him because they can do it all themselves. You know, they can they can apparently Lyle himself. No, he did give them some good advice about staying away from the house, making it look like they 
were dragged out by force and that mm-hmm. they they were so sad and depressed to try to get their money back yeah. when they prove him insane. But of course they don't listen to that because they think they know better. And they're clearly all, as the dog describes them later on in the film, idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially Reuben and Margaret, in my opinion. Lyle's, yeah, Lyle Lyle's, probably is the smartest of yeah. them, but he's still an idiot. An idiot. <laughs> and Margaret makes a comment, I just, I don't want to think about what that boy's doing in our house at this moment. I just can't even imagine it. And so we go to there. <laughs> yep. he's, in, he's in a bubble bath, just yep. playing around. And we see two more... Housekeepers. Or not more housekeepers, but two oh. more recognizable people. People. Oh, yes, you're right. Both of them are. Yes. And one of them is the cook, and one of them is the, the maid. maid. And so they try and get his attention, but of course he's in his bubble bath and everything. He freaks him out. Though, how much of that would have been really a freak out, really? Because they just like, ah, they ran out. They interrupted him in his bath. That's very true. So they should have expected him to be naked. Yes. So I don't, I don't see what i mean i guess they were trying to avoid seeing anything for like respect and everything and all he did was pop his head out yeah yeah He's like, hey. and the bubbles like really rubbed to his neck yes so you can't really see anything at all yeah it, it was a bit of a a ridiculous thing that they did but it makes for funny so it works he goes down he starts you know eating and whatnot and then once again he's already seen that he can Talk to this dog. Yeah, Yeah, because the dog like barked at him and everything. Like, hey, I want to go outside. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous how he does this to where he's eating and he's telling them a story about him and the dog barks. And he goes, What? What'd you say? Did you say what? And I didn't say anything. Yeah, I didn't say the the maid's like, I didn't say anything. He barks again. What'd you say? I thought you said something. Yeah. So apparently, the first time the dog barks, the dog says outside. And so he thinks that one of them has to go outside or whatever. And then the second time the dog barks, he goes, if you, if you have to go, then go. Don't yeah. don't ask me or whatever. And they're like, what are you talking about? We, we didn't say anything. And he's like, oh, it's a dog barking. And he's like, yeah, he barks when he wants to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack takes him outside to go to the bathroom and whatnot. And he starts digging up bones, the dog, Lucky. Well, he's sniffing around at first. Because and so this is where Jack's like you know, uh, thinking that he's just looking for a place to go to the bathroom, and he even has a talk with the dog, mm-hmm. where he has to explain to the dog, look, you know, we have to come to an agreement. You you don't you, you don't get excited really yeah, much, right? Yeah, and the, Lucky apparently says, says no. Lucky says no. Apparently, and as they're out there sniffing around for a place to go to the bathroom, that's when Lucky starts getting excited because he's, he's found a bone. Yep, and. You can see Jack. He's like, oh, no, no, stop. No, no, and no. as he's saying that, you see him like go down. Like with a painful expression. <laughs> out of camera view and everything. And I think it's the maid and the cook. Pro- yes, they both they come both out. look at the window. And they're like, what is going on? They go to like, and the, the maid goes to check on him mm-hmm. to figure out what he's doing. He starts talking like Lucky with that dog voice. Talking about, there's oh, a bone. Oh, a bone. bone. I can smell oh, the bone. Bone, 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 bone. And they both start digging. <laughs> And apparently, I, I don't know why Lucky would, but Lucky goes and attacks them after the whole uh, living room fiasco. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily necessarily an attack, an attack per but se. But still, they 
Lucky is controlling him, right? So what's Lucky's thought and process in this? Well, oh, there's women. Let's go chase them. Well, they walk in in the middle of their playtime. They're like, there's nothing against you and everything. But I'm sure like he can kind of sense the fact that they think that he's a very weird person. And so they just kind of like bark after them. And I think it's, le- like I said, I think it's less of an attack because he doesn't go and... Right. He doesn't go like Margaret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll get to you in a minute. Yeah. He doesn't try and bite them or anything like that. He just kind of chases them outside. And then... Maybe he wanted to play. Maybe that's his thought process. Precisely. But because I think they're more freaked out by they, Jack right. than by Lucky, that they're like, this guy's going to kill us. Oh, my God. And so they, they took it as an aggressive movement kind of thing. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, I swear. But Uncle Phil was cool with this. Well, I think that's also because he was perfectly happy with getting paid. But he does mention that... That night, he slept with his light on and his door locked for the first time ever. <laughs> he escaped for his life. <laughs> and so, Jack starts talking with Lucky to figure out what Lucky wants to do for the day. And he decides he wants to go to the mall. Oh, the mall? Okay. Now, they get to the mall, right? Or, let's start with on the their museum, way. The museum, yeah. Uh, on the their, limousine. On, on their way to the mall, they're in the limousine. And, of course, once again, Lucky starts freaking, freaking out because he's going somewhere. And Jack starts acting like a dog again. They get in the limousine, they're barking out the window, and Lyle, Margaret, and, and Ruben, they're... I'm very curious how the limousine driver did not see them. You know, because you're always supposed to be cautious about your rearview mirrors when you drive in. Right, and they were very... Obvious. Yes, very obvious. Driving right next to the limousine and everything, they had the camera out the window and whatnot. Well, obviously, Lucky saw them, right? Oh, There's yeah. no way oh, that he yeah. didn't. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure Jack would have recognized him too, but he had, you know, Lucky's... He was in a daze. Yeah, in Lucky's brain, or technically Lucky's brain was in him. But that leads to those three, Lyle, Margaret, and, and Ruben, wrecking in... quite a big accident, I would say, because of all the cars they passed, and they... Well, we only see them wreck into one car, and break the bikes that are on the back of the car and everything. But I wouldn't doubt it if... After that... Yeah, because after that, they, like, back up, and they, like, just kind of run a stop sign and you see like three other Obviously cars they're not used to driving because they're, they're entitled well, but that's so weird because they have their own three cars they don't so, drive those i guess it's a good point they're probably they probably are more for sure than than actual usage i mean they're entitled right they feel entitled to everything so why would they drive they have a driver that's very true they, pro- they probably would have just gotten the driver just uncle phil to just do everything for them hey we need to go here drive us here drive us there drive us here that's why they didn't know how to drive Good point. I didn't think about that. They probably don't even have a license. I don't know why they wouldn't, but they probably don't because why would they need one? I would imagine they'd have at least some type of license or some type of identification. Then. Well, identification, maybe not license because there's multiple identification stuff that you can get. Right. A passport, stuff like that. Right. So we finally get to the mall. And before we get there, also, in the limousine, they get a call from Allison, because mm-hmm. Jack needs to sign some more papers and everything. So he says, you know, meet us in the mall. Yeah. And we learn also that Allison has a kid, which is, you know, fine and everything. So he's like, bring the kid along. That's fine. Perfectly fine. You know, everything mm-hmm. to do at the mall. So we're at the mall, and they go on a huge shopping spree. And, okay, they l- literally just got the money from Mr. Windsor passing away the day before. Now, I would say if I was someone, 
I'd get a little bit suspicious of what he's buying. Now, the toys and stuff, you could see that maybe he's buying for the dog because obviously it's a dog's money. Precisely. Then you get the sofa and it's like, okay, did he just buy that stuff to throw us off or what? Well, so first of all, getting the sofa, $5,000. And he doesn't even just get that one sofa. He got multiple sofas. He got, see, he got a sofa. He got at least... Two other chairs, I'm sure, and then two other sofas, type of sofa chairs. And then he got another one that we see later on. Yeah, a bo- that's like made like a bone. Yeah. So if that one couch was like five thousand, I imagine they just that just the furniture, it was probably close to ten thousand right there. Maybe even more. Maybe even more. And then they go to the shoe department to buy shoes that Lucky wants. Now I would say shoes two hundred or so. Give or take, you know, because it, it would depend on... The brand and the how brand. nice it is. Yeah. yeah but it's leather. Y- yes. So those could go probably, if I if I had to guess, probably go for anywhere between 40 or $50 a pair, at least. And they got probably 10 or 12 pairs. <laughs> a lot. They, they, got, they, a lot. they got a lot. <laughs> and then... then See, all these things would be suspicious. And it would help the other lawyer, the, uh, the scumbag lawyer, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like I said, if someone just died, and now obviously you can you can say that that Jack had nothing to do with Mr. Windsor. Windsor's death and everything, because right. from what we saw, he died of a heart attack, mm-hmm. which is fine, you know. But it's still very weird that this guy who just was given the money is spending at least 10000 or more dollars on oh, all dude. these things. Oh, and food, too. Yeah, because he yeah, because you're right. He bought apparently he apparently bought steaks, and those can get pretty expensive too. Especially the fact that they're having them delivered, and they bought numerous amounts of steaks. Not just that, the steaks though. The scene where Lucky smells Chinese food. Oh, oh, we'll get to that in a second too. So yeah, we see that we see him, and then like you said, at the pet store buying all these different toys and bones, bones and yep. everything to eat. But Jack's like. Might as well taste them and see if I like them too, because I'll be doing most of the chewing too. <laughs> and in that, also in that moment, Lucky like goes and takes off, and, and Jack goes to find the him. dogs. And then Jack's like, "All right, Wait. this shopping spree's over." And in that moment, they also find Allison with her daughter. And Allison's daughter, you see, wants a wants a dog, but we learned that they live in an apartment, so that can't happen. And we also learned that. Allison is divorced from her husband, mm-hmm. and that the husband apparently got the house with the yard. Well, this is all working in Jack's favor, favor because yeah. he actually likes Allison. Mm-hmm. I'll bring something else up about them after we talk about this movie okay. that you may or may not have known, because I know I did not know it until after the movie. <laughs> so Jack signs some more papers and everything, and he also says that the daughter can go over to the house and play with Lucky anytime she wants. You know, make things very hospitable for everyone and good to good for him because he's attracted to the mother exactly (laughs) so they go downstairs and he lets the daughter and lucky go on a little train ride that's down there in the mall and then after that this is where the whole chinese food thing comes into play where lucky kind of walks behind them where jack can't see and like starts smelling (laughs) and then in the middle of jack trying to talk to Allison. He transforms into Lucky. A little bit, because he starts smelling. He's like, oh, oh what's that? Oh, oh. 
And he starts like talking about all the things that he smells, like you know, like barbecue, Taiwan, Taiwan yeah. food, the, all these different things. <laughs> and Allison's like, "It's probably that Chinese place right behind you." And he goes, "Oh, yes, ah!" And he starts running after it. And then it cuts to the scene where they have a huge order. I love the dart. I think this is the funniest part. Is like. They look like they're or something to the extent that they're hungry. Oh, they must be really hungry. Yeah, I I burst I burst out laughing. This is the only time I really burst out laughing. I was like, <laughs> I just, I just went. Oh, I just love how she's like. They're probably really hungry. <laughs> and they not only do they eat all that food that they ordered, which they start eating food off the ground, <laughs> start eating food off the ground, and then they eventually get into the the, the garbage can. can. Yes, yeah. and. How much do... I mean, dogs usually digest food very slowly. Mm-hmm. So he must be like, whew. I mean, really, if you think about it, that dog must be stuffed at this point. Well, we also take into consideration that we also learned that Lucky apparently hasn't really been eating since okay. the guy's well, I death. Mean, still, but dogs do digest food slowly, so... That's very true. We also don't see him necessarily anything after that moment, so... He's probably stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that would make sense that he digests the food slowly. And he's probably stuffed. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a couple months. Just no. He's done for a couple months. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and obviously, he wasn't that stuffed because even whenever we see the next day when they're he moving everything the in, he's eating the food. But he's also uh, they're rolling in the steaks, and Jack's like, "Lucky, you can't wait until it's inside the house. You have to eat it right now. Come on, stop it." But it's that moment. That Margaret decides she's going to try and use her charm. Charm to get back into the house. Yes. And, you know, try and get what they want, the nephews and her. So she goes to talk to to Jack. And I don't even know what she's necessarily trying to do. I mean, I know she's trying to win him over with her quote-unquote charm. She's not doing a very good job, though. Not at all. (laughs) And it leads to... Her, uh insulting lucky yes and lucky doesn't very really like very much like that at all and to the point that once again he's getting excited in a a angry angry way, way mm-hmm. which causes jack to turn into lucky again and he chases her on all fours and rips, rips off her skirt yep well to a certain degree rip, rips off a layer of her skirt right, okay yeah because we see like her skirts like in layers and it's mm-hmm. different shades of purple but that causes them to to come with a new plan where Lyle's like, I've taken care of the old man. I'll take care of this dog. We're doing it my way now. And they sneak into the house. Yes. They sneak into the house with, uh, what is it? Uh, tranquilizer darts. Yes. And once again, they are very goofy and idiotic. So they shut off the power, which they, was very... I'm surprised they managed the to get that far. the only smart thing that I could see them doing in this whole movie was shutting off the power. Yeah. I mean, and Lyle, of course, killing, but okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that, that I was shocked they were able to do that because we see them trying to climb over the, the, fence. the fence, the gate and everything. <laughs> that fence was not that tall at all. But they're obviously not the most athletic people either, so. I mean, yeah, they're entitled. Yeah, exactly. They're very, very entitled. <laughs> but they managed to get over the fence, which... Okay, you know, whatever. And then they go over to that box and everything. They cut the power. I was like, okay, how are they smart enough to do that, but not smart enough to do anything else that they need to do? But 
they end up getting inside the house because they turn off the alarms, turn off the power, turn off everything. And apparently they're like really, really loud. Yes. Okay. Now also, this is the scene right here that I was talking about that they could have cut this to leave room for more explaining because Made it shorter in the searching the house. Yeah, because it was it was just very long and it, tedious. Yeah, and everything's kind of. Yeah, okay, we get it. They're searching the house and everything. Although it made for some kind of funny moments. Like whenever they end up splitting up. Mm-hmm. They all have their tranquilizer darts and everything. They split up and at one point... Uh, Lyle, Lyle and Margaret pass each other on, up the stairs. Well, that happens. But also, Lyle hears a noise. Which, I don't know why he would think it's anyone other than his cousins. Mm-hmm. Although they or might they might be brothers. Yeah. But... I don't know why he would think it's anyone other than them, but he's like, oh, I have to hide. And he hides underneath a fur rug, which causes Margaret Margaret to shoot him. him. And then he has a numb Ah. leg. He's like, ah, why'd you shoot me? Like, I thought it was a dog. They're idiots. And then, (laughs) and then Margaret ends up shooting Reuben Mm -hmm. because she walks into like where the dog's play area is and shoots him. But then they shoot her. They shoot her. So it's like, what What are y'all doing? Also, I thought whenever they would get shot, that would cause them, like, their whole body to go numb. But it just makes that one appendage. One, one, to... Well, I, I don't know. So I'm confused as to that. I would say usually it would make your whole body go numb. But right. I don't know what kind of a... Uh, Tranquilizing serum they're using. Or maybe? May, maybe it's just for the movie. I don't know. Because they're, they're planning to shoot the dog with it and, and have the whole dog with it. Right. Now, I guess maybe because the the dog's body is much I mean, it's not that much smaller. smaller. Um, because some dogs get... I don't know how... I don't find that Lucky is that much smaller. I mean, he's like an average size. Yeah. Like, golden retriever kind of yeah, I don't know. dog. I don't know. But the fact... Like like I said, whenever they got shot, I was like, oh, well, they're down for the count. Nope, just that one little pillage that mm-hmm. got shot is numb. Okay, whatever. We'll go with it. But obviously, because of how much noise they're making... They it, wake up... Jack and, and Lucky. Lucky, and so they go to wake up Uncle, Uncle Phil, Phil, and they. He's like, "Well, did you try the alarm, the the emergency button? Yeah, I tried that. Turned off. Did you call nine one one? Yeah, dead. phone's dead. So they decide they're gonna have to go and handle this themselves. So he gives him a bow. He gives Uncle Phil a bone bow. And Uncle Phil's like, "What do I do with this? He's like, "Well, hit him with a dry end. <laughs> Though if you get a bone, even with the soft end, it's pretty heavy. Have you felt a bone? It's pretty heavy. So even with the wet end, you could probably not me, not knock someone out, but mm-hmm. disorient them. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Jack and and Lucky end up finding the three goofballs. So three stooges. Yeah, yeah. That's the best part. Three stooges, and they go to try and shoot them, but that doesn't work because they've run out of their darts. So they end up getting chased out. to. They end up getting chased to like another bedroom, and then they all fall off out the balcony, the, out the window, off the bed. Yeah, into a pond, which, and they re- escaped pretty dang fast. Yeah, they got in slowly, but got out fast. Yeah, but the pond that they like jump or fall into, if you will, it seemed like it could be kind of shallow. Like mm-hmm. it would have been dangerous to fall into, but they all seem okay enough, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess the fall wasn't that big either. It's a two-story house, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I I guess it would have been much worse if they had dived into it. Mm -hmm. Because their head definitely would have hit 
the bottom. Concrete. Yeah, and they would have been dead. Yeah. But we learned that Kirk Cameron, Jack, knows that it was those three because he could smell them. And the police is like, how do you know this? Yeah. And he's like, well, um, just trust me. I do know it's them. Yeah. And he, re- he reveals that he could smell them. And the police said it was like, it's cologne, cigar. Like, what is and it? And they look at they, Lucky and Jack look at each other. And Lucky Shick says, no, don't tell them. Don't tell yeah, them. Basically. And so Jack's like, never mind. Don't worry. Don't worry about, about it. it. But the three stooges end up going back to that attorney. This- Scumbag attorney. Yes. And tells them tells him that okay, they'll use his services. And now it's up to fifty percent because you didn't tell me what you did the opposite of what I told you to do. Exactly. You made it a lot harder to to take him down. And so at first they're outraged by it, but then they're like, Okay, fine, fine. we'll do it. And Allison goes over the next day and says, Okay, we're in trouble turn on the news and so they turn on the news and we see there's a pe- press conference going on about how the three stooges got ran out their house the he uh, margaret got attacked mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and then i was like yeah what they said yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Maya, but ruben, ruben yeah ruben. and the attorney says that they're going to prove that that the, that jack is incompetent. incompetent yes and everything else so allison says do you have any secrets to tell me? Anything you want to get off your chest? Right. And Jack's like, no, no, no nothing. And I don't understand why he just doesn't tell, tell her. her. Yeah. I mean, he does like her, right? Yeah. So. And I mean, his excuse is that he didn't want her to think that he was crazy, but he knows that he's about to go. Yeah, in. I mean, he's already shown her part of the dog mind in him, right? As yeah. Even though she didn't know what was going on, she still saw a little bit of it, but... He's about to go into court with Allison against these three people that he knows snuck in and kind of knows what he's acting like. If so, he doesn't tell her, then she can't really do much once they start accusing him of being incompetent. Yeah, at least if he at least if he tells her like then what's she, going on, she can make up a plan of to defend him. Exactly. <sighs> no, I hate so that annoying. they never showed her talking to anybody else. They only had the scumbag lawyer talk to the people. She never got a chance to rebuke right. right i mean i'm sure maybe she probably did because like that's usually what'll happen one lawyer talks but i wish we would have saw that right at least see like one her defending two. yeah in some kind of way but the next time that we see them they're in court and the the lawyer mr has one of the the maid i believe on the stand and not even just her just everyone that's interacted with jack he has like the the guy from the couple who was friends with the mayor mm-hmm. has him in there talking about how he he was a liar and he lied about talking to dogs. Yeah, exactly. And ha- his dog was on. We had he had him talking about trying to figure out why he's eating too much. Yeah, and the dog was eating when yeah. he walked in. Exactly because obviously Jack was asleep at the time. <laughs> and then, like you said, they had the maid on the stand. The maid was talking about was how the chef on the stand. No, it was the maid. No, but I was... Uh, oh, no, the no, they didn't bring the cook on the stand. They should have had them both together, but... It would've that would have been funnier, but even though that's not how court, court right, works, right, that right. would have been funnier. <laughs> no, but they had the maid on the stand, the maid talked about how, uh, basically, Jack... He was Jack, talking to the dog, and he was acting strange, and he chased out of the house, basically. Yeah, and apparently made, made moves on her, which the moves was that he was describing the bone being juicy and whatnot, and she thought that he was talking about her. Yeah. And then they bring... The Margaret, they bring Margaret on the stand, and that's where we see she's like, he 
attacked me and ripped my dress and to she shreds. And showed her that the, the skirt was ripped. And then they... And they also bring Uncle Phil, which yes. is the driver. Yes, they bring him on the stand to to find out from someone who's around okay, Jack on, all the time. Yes. Now he was a little bit hesitant to tell. Yes, because he don't want to get Jack in trouble and everything. But Jack was like, go ahead, go for it. Basically. Said, well to confirm that he can And honestly, Uncle Phil's character didn't have a have a choice in the matter anyway because right. he was on stand. Yeah, and he had to he had to tell the truth. And so they asked him if Jack ever acted like a dog. And so Uncle Phil said yes. Only a couple times, though. Only a couple times. And then <laughs> the lawyer asked Uncle Phil to expand on what he meant. And Uncle Phil's like, this is going to take a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but then they also bring up Jack himself mm-hmm. and find out from him how, you know, what he's been doing. And they ask if he could talk to dogs. Mm-hmm. And he reveals that he- at the time, at the time of having his clients, mm-hmm. he was lying to them. But that he can now. And then the lawyer's like, oh, so with all these millions of dollars, you can suddenly talk to this dog. Right, which you would think... Now is a very good point. Yes. And once again, goes to the fact that they literally just got this money, and the very next day... He's spending it. They're spending like tens of thousands of dollars. And if he had just like waited a couple days, or didn't like be as rambunctious to buy everything, which it's not his fault, he's just doing what the dog wants to do. And... If he doesn't do what the dog wants to do, the dog will make Jack be the dog and do what he wants to do. So, And then it's just going to be awkward after that. Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's the problem I have, though. They're doing all these court proceedings and everything, and everyone's laughing about this fact, and that he could talk to dogs, and everyone's like, okay, sure, you can talk to dogs. But once again, he was in the papers I mean, being yeah. known for talking to like a dog. dog. Yep. So I don't understand why everyone. And apparently in these papers, there's like machines attached to him, like trying to prove that he can. Exactly. Apparently they actually succeeded in proving that he can. Exactly. And there's even there's even like a headline that says that basically Jack's Jack stuns scientists. Like the fact that he is once again, like you said, it was proved. It was proven. He yeah. he was stunned scientists by, by the fact that he could talk to his dog. And so the lawyer's like, well, can you tell us what Lucky's thinking now? And then he's, he's like... A, he's thinking about your shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're leather. He likes them. They're leather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they basically go to like a recess. Mm-hmm. And... His lawyer... She's she also mad at him. Yeah. The fact that he didn't, he didn't tell, tell her. nothing about this. Exactly. And once again, he's if like, he just explained to her what was going on... Like it would have been easier to defend. Exactly. But then he decides that he needs to go on the stand to prove that... He can talk to Lucky. Exactly. So they go back into court. They put Jack back on the stand to be Lucky's voice. Mm-hmm. And they finally manage to get Lucky angry enough. Because the lawyer starts starts talking bad about Lucky and how Lucky's an idiot. Duh. Or actually talking about Jack, really. About how Jack's an idiot yeah. and everything. And that pisses off Lucky enough to where... Jack starts being the dog. Mm-hmm. And so their test is Jack turns around towards the jury. Mm-hmm. And Lucky looks at Allison. Well, Lucky's looking at at the lawyer. Scumbag lawyer? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Allison says, why don't you pull something out and show it to Lucky? But don't show it to Jack. So he starts with a pen. 
And the lawyer's like, oh, lucky guess, because yeah. Jack gets it right. And the other lawyer's like, well, then pull out another item. And so the other lawyer pulls out a chocolate candy bar. And Jack starts describing it in great detail. It's chocolate. It's got nougat. It's got nuts. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, and when's lunch? And everyone's oh. laughing about it. And in this moment where they're the, – the scumbag lawyer, as you call him, he's still dubious about any of this being plausible. And obviously the judge, she's very – Interested in yeah, this. Yeah. And she's actually very well known too. Yes. And I'll get – There's one movie that I definitely know her from, but I'll get to her in a second. But she's very interested by this. She's 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 basically believing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And as this is all going on, because I think she wants to figure out what else Jack can say for Lucky. But before that can happen, we see we Lyle, Lyle put a tom tom like tom some type of medication in to, to like, the liquid digestive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a digestive problem. Basically, <clears throat> but we see him doing that. And then we see Lucky. Lucky looks at him and is like, wait, I know, wait. He put something in my master's. And that's yes. when Jack's like, ah, Lucky doesn't know what you put in there. But I do. Yes. Uh-huh. And then it's revealed that Lyle had poisoned, drugs, or yeah. yeah, drugged and poisoned the Mr. Windsor. And so Mr. Windsor didn't just die of a heart attack. He was, he was murdered. And the first thing that Lyle thinks to do is pull out a gun. In court, too. Yeah. With, with... Usually, I don't know how many usually are in court, like police officers, mm-hmm. but it's a court, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there. It usually has a bunch of police officers in different courts, yeah, right? Yeah, there's, there's at least the bailiff, mm-hmm. who's usually kind of by the judge. Right. And there's usually a few other secu- like police officers, security guards and around the area. there's also more just walking around the halls, right? Most times, yeah. But that's his idea, so. No, it takes no one hostage, too, though. Yeah, that would have been a lot smarter on his part if he'd taken someone hostage. Yeah, because then the police officers would be hesitant to even shoot. Right, exactly. But whatever. It, it, once again, it goes to the far-fetchedness of it. First of all, the fact that any of this court proceeding is happening. And the fact that people are believing, just believing the fact that Kirk Cameron's character, Jack, is a dog and whatnot... It's just the way things kind of panned out. And then, like you had said, things go so fast. Like, you go from the siblings or the cousins or whatever they are breaking into the house again to... Straight to the court. Straight to the court and straight to the quote-unquote happy ending. Because whenever Lyle tries to leave, Lucky ends up getting the best of them, knocks him down, and so they get arrested. Almost get shot. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you go from that to that... And there's no real explanation to things happening. and every- Yeah, nothing that... We don't even get information on what happened to Lyle. Did he get arrested? Obviously. Obviously. You can yeah. come to the conclusion. I mean, he did pull out a gun in the courtroom. Right. But it's just the way that they... Sped they, things up so drastically. Yeah, and the way that they kind of come to their conclusions on everything. It would have been nicer if, like I said, if they would just cut out a, a lot of a the... portion of the... Sneaking around the house. Yes, pull, taking out a good bit of that, and then Give put us in more information yeah. on the court. Make everything happen more naturally, rather than just oh hey, this just happened. Okay, boom, happy ending. That that's what kind of annoyed me the most about the whole thing. I'm, I'm very curious uh, why he was able to communicate with Lucky and not any other dogs that he purchased at the end. 
That is a good because point. Because now that he gets a clear mind and now that he's feeling better and not well, what we theorized that he was feeling bad about his dog dying. Mm-hmm. And now that they have a connection, why can't he talk to other dogs? You know, that's actually a very good point. Because, and that's another thing. They they don't necessarily show whether he can or cannot communicate with any yeah, of those other true. dogs. Which would have been really nice. Like, I, re- I actually expected whenever they show him and Lucky and then the other dog that Lucky clearly had a crush on, if they had showed them three together, I was expecting Lucky and the other dog to be talking to him and him to understand both of them. But you do make a good point that that would have been another thing for them to expand on at the very beginning. What makes Lucky so different from yeah, all the other dogs? dogs? Yeah. And the only thing and I And if it was just because that he blocked it unconsciously because of his dog dying, then they should have expanded at the end. Like, oh, okay, now that my dog's not dead, I can talk to all the dogs. Yeah, I mean, clearly Lucky is his new... Best friend. New best friend, new dog and everything. And so that probably would have taken over. But it would have made more sense if, if that was the case, if he didn't actually talk, like, here Lucky until he was living with him mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because at that point, it's just, oh, story requires you to listen to this dog, so that's why you're listening to this dog and not this other dog. And the only other thing that I can see that would be a reason as to why you can hear Lucky is because maybe him and Lucky have, like, a similar frequency. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, Jack being depressed by his dog dying, and, and then Lucky, Lucky being, being depressed, depressed because... Mr. Windsor died. Well, before that, because this happens in his... Right. It, it would have been because uh, Mr. Three Windsor was being harassed. attacked. Yeah, harassed by his... Nieces and nephews. But yeah. And so, like I said, we're into the happy ending. Allison and and Jack are together. Assumingly. Yeah. We can assume that they are together because whenever they are at the mall, he learns from Allison that Allison grew up with a big family, but her daughter doesn't have one. And so whenever they, at the end of the movie, are together, he says, I just thought maybe your daughter wouldn't be part of a big family and that maybe you wouldn't be part of one too. And shows him all the dogs that he bought. Because Lucky has finally figured out that the dogs are for sale. <laughs> so they can buy them. <laughs> but yeah, happy ending. Okay, interesting fact. Jack and Allison, mm-hmm. obviously the love interests. Apparently there's a little bit more to that story. Were they a couple in real life? Were they a couple in real life? They were and are. Still. Still a couple in real life. So most people don't know this. Unless you like follow, mm-hmm. you know tabloids and news articles and stuff like that kirk cameron is a very religious man yeah i don't follow that so i don't i i didn't really know who kirk cameron was so growing pains he's mike seaver growing pains oh you are missing out growing pains growing pains is hilarious but i'm surprised because mom used to watch it all the time well that's mom then the facts of life Oh, I've seen the facts alive. You should have seen Growing Pains too. I have season one. You should watch it. It's Maybe I've seen Growing Pains. Maybe I just don't remember it. Oh, that could be very possible. If you hear the theme song, you'd be like, "I know this show. Mm. I've seen it." So, you wouldn't necessarily think that Kirk Cameron is a religious person, just from like the the, the comedy the that movie, he does. Yeah. yeah. Is he still an actor though? He's done acting. I think his most recent one that I can remember is that he was in. A movie called Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. And it was less of a movie. And more for religion purposes? Kind of like religion meets documentary kind of thing. Because it was all about bringing Christ back into Christmas. It was a... Mm, 
It's not the best movie. But okay. I, definitely yeah, he not. Pl- he even played in. Yeah, and he. I think he plays himself actually, and oh. it's oh. it's very weird. the The poster looks amazing, but the movie's not that good. <laughs> uh, but like I said, Kirk Cameron's a very religious person. The person who plays Allison is his wife. Mm-hmm. They actually got married seven years prior to this movie. Oh, so they were already married. Yes, and they've actually been in a lot of things together. Apparently, I would assume that they first kind of got together around like the 80s mm-hmm. kind of thing because Allison who's played by Chelsea Noble she is actually in I think like the last 3 seasons of Growing Pains and she ends up being in the they had a Growing Pains reunion mm-hmm. movie and she's in the movie mm-hmm. as Mike Seaver's wife so and I, I've heard because of how religious that Kirk Cameron is he won't kiss any other women except his wife. Exactly. So if they want to do a love story, his wife's got to be the love interest. For the most part. Okay. The the one exception exception that I know of, even though it's not too much of an exception, but I'll explain why, is a movie called Fireproof. And the only reason it's, it's an exception, but not really, is because his wife doesn't play the main love interest, or in the film, his wife, because mm-hmm. in the film he's married to another woman. But whenever they have any type of like physical Im- scene that involves out. kissing or whatever, no, they kind of, from my understanding, because I haven't seen the film, they kind of do it in shadow, and the person he's actually kissing is his wife. Oh, okay. So he's still kissing his wife, but it's the character that he's kissing in the movie who's played by another another actress. But yeah, so they'll 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 tend to be in a lot of things together. Like they're also in Left Behind, because Kirk Cameron did three Left Behind films and. In those three films, Chelsea Noble plays his love interest. Obviously, we know that Uncle Phil's in this. James mm-hmm. Avery himself. Like I said, you were key on that. Once I don't know what you what you saw. It was the, the, the Disney, you know how when you go into the movies, just before mm-hmm. you press play, that little poster that pops up? Gotcha. It was that. And I was like, oh, that does. That looks a lot like Uncle Phil. Okay. Now, here's something that's kind of interesting. The woman who played Jack's secretary, receptionist, Mm -hmm. she is apparently a, I wouldn't say very well-known, most people don't necessarily know voice actors and actresses, but she's been the voice of some well-known characters. So, first of all, she was Babe in the movie Babe, which is that pig. Okay. She also voiced Chucky in Rugrats. Oh, really? Yes. And she voiced Dexter in Dexter's Lab. Oh, really? And, although this might not be as well known to most people, she voiced Birdie in those animated Ronald McDonald movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting, huh? Wow. And, like, I I had no idea until I was, like, looking at what her filmography was, and I was like, she did that and that and that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because McDonald's ones aren't really well known. Yeah, unless... Unless you're us who has grandpa who works at McDonald's and who got the films, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And those films are actually are pretty... Pretty good, you They're know? pretty fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, who was it? Another voice person was that quote-unquote scumbag lawyer, as you called him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he was played by Granville Van Dusen. 
think that's how you say his name. But he was in like various soaps and everything. But he also voiced Race Bannon in Johnny Quest. I don't know if you ever watched the Johnny I Quest. I have watched the Johnny. He's the voice of Race Bannon, which is the. I don't remember who that was though. He was kind of like the bodyguard character to Doctor Quest, the guy who's always in like the red okay. shirt. Mm. That's Race. Okay. And someone else was in Johnny Quest. Who was it? Uh... Oh. It's the guy that you just recently learned was a famous person. Mm. So Lyle, played by John DeLancey, Lancey, sorry, John DeLancey, who obviously most people probably know from Q, because he, I think, first appeared in Star Trek: Next Generation, and then from there, anything that Q needed to be in, he was in. So he was in like Star Trek games. He was in Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Anytime that you wanted to Q in, you had John DeLancey to be there to voice and or play the character. He's also in Multiplicity. But he apparently voiced Dr. Quest in one of the later Johnny Quest adaptations of the cartoon. Hmm. So originally it was someone else and then later on he played. Yeah, and that, that tends to happen, especially right. like voice acting. As long as you can kind of get a similar voice. The, yeah. yeah. And then he was also in Stargate HD1, which I was happy to learn about because well, I, I love Stargate HD1. I mean, I, I do recognize his face. Oh, yeah. Like, He's been in tons of movies as well. Oh, yeah. Tons of movies, tons of shows, everything. And then the other person that you said you've obviously seen, Ruben, the guy who played Ruben, mm-hmm. was Taylor Negron. I have no idea if I said that last name correctly. But he he was in movies. Now, I've, I know I've seen these movies. You may not have. But he was in things like One Crazy Summer, Angels in the Outfield, Chairman of the Board. I think I've seen Angels in the Outfield, but I'm not sure. He was also in Stuart Little. Oh, I've definitely seen Stuart Little. He was in Biodome. I don't know if you've seen, I Bi- seen Biodome. Biodome's a great film. And then he was also in Flintstones, Viva Rock, Rock Vegas. I've seen that one. So he, those are some films that he's been in. So, and, he's been, and those are just a few of the films. Angels in the Outfield was the one where the kid was playing on the Angels team. And there was a, like, uh, what's his name? Christopher Lloyd? Yes. Yes. That's the uh, guy who plays in the Alien one with his suits the Alien one not. Say that again? No, never mind. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. My favorite Martian. Yes. I, I was confused at what you were talking about for a second. Yeah, he was that. He was also in Back okay. to the Future. He's yeah. in Clue. Christopher Lloyd's a great one. Uh, and then Jane Carr, who played the maid. Mm-hmm. One of the very famous voice. Like, she, has, you hear her voice, you're like, oh, I know who that is. Oh. One of her most recent roles was in Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. She played the fairy godmother. Oh, she did. Yes, she did. She The fairy outfit is probably a lot poofier, so her physique doesn't yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the so you lucky dog was in the nineties and she wasn't in Legends of Tomorrow until like twenty nineteen. Right. So it's twenty years right. basically. And she's in another film that I know you're a fan of. Treasure Planet. Oh. Now yeah. obviously she was only a voice. Right. But she was she was in Treasure Planet. Was she the captain or no? I don't remember, but I guarantee if you watch it, you'll hear her voice. You'll be like, "That's who she is," because once again, she has a very unique voice. And then the cook, I couldn't find anything that I know. I've seen her. Yeah. I think she was in Merlin. I know she was in. She, she, once again, just like a bunch I, of these other actors have been in multiple movies and TV shows. I think she. I won't look it up because it was uh, quite a. I don't know what season Merlin, but I think she was like a um, a fairy or something like that in Merlin. It's very, that's very possible. Because once again, like a number of people in here have very recognizable faces. Even the judge, 
Right. I know the judge. What do you know the judge? Because I know it. Every time I see her face, there's only one movie that I think of. And I know she's been in other things, but there's only one thing that I think of. Oh, Bones. You think of Bones? Yes, because she was actually a lawyer in Bones. See, I did not know that. I also haven't seen Bones, but... And she plays as a... Someone from Louisiana, basically. She plays as a Cajun type thing. See, that's not what I think of whenever I see her face. The Pretty much the only thing, or the first thing that I think of whenever I see her face, mm-hmm. is Jeepers Creepers. Oh, yep, she was the woman in the house when they're running over him back and forth, back and uh-huh. forth, back and forth. She's also the psychic that calls Justin Long's character in that film. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter what she's in, the very first thing I think about is Jeepers Creepers. So I'm like, I know you from that, and that movie scared the bejesus out of me especially with the ending holy moly <laughs> yeah the other ones didn't really um scare me as much right who wait, oh okay yep sure enough there she is and you might know some other people in here too oh i'm sure i do oh probably... oh yeah john francis yep. daly yeah, yeah yeah and probably davis boris as well oh uh, yeah i just haven't gotten around to watch it i'll probably i'll probably watch it at some point but yeah, like, the, the, this film, like you said, A-list talent. Like, yeah. lots of stars. Uh-huh. I, it was, like, <laughs> this is probably, I wouldn't say the best movie. Not the best movie at all. But the probably the acting would have been the best, you know, if we would judge it. Mm-hmm. Just because they have a very long background in acting. They're, and most of them are adults, you know? Right. There's only one kid that I saw, really. And that was the daughter of the lawyer. Yeah. She, yeah, the daughter was really the only person with that was a kid with speaking lines. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Kyle, what were your overall thoughts and opinions on this? Would you, would you say this is a nostalgic movie at all? What do you think? Definitely nostalgic. Most most of the actors are nostalgic for me. You know, mm-hmm. even though obviously I've seen them in this before. I even watched this movie. You know, but the actors are nostalgic. Mm-hmm. It brings back other memories from different shows I've watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the movie was definitely fast-paced. Too fast for me. I think they should have slowed it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty much all I have, you know? All, all my critiques. <laughs> I, I agree with you. There are definitely some very nostalgic moments for me. One of them being the, the whole part with Kirk Cameron mm-hmm. being the being dog, dog, digging holes and everything. Whenever that happened, I was like, oh, I know this movie. Another scene that I really remember, which we didn't really talk about in mm-hmm. this podcast, but it's whenever the the three goofballs, the stooges, if you will, they're in that motel. Oh, yes. And they're la- like they're laying on the bed and everything. And he's like, we only have a quarter for <laughs> a name. Can I have that quarter for the bed? Yes. Whenever that happened, I was like, oh. I recognize this. I remember this so much. <laughs> so it's very very nostalgic moments. Like you said, the the talent in it is fantastic. Great A. Everyone everyone is great in their roles. Also, the downside of it, like you said, it's way too fast paced. I would have been more interested in them to make it longer mm-hmm. and that way we would see more of their acting skills and more of their roles really right because especially jack's role mm-hmm. and what his backstory was because right. we didn't see too much of that yeah and 
I get why they felt they needed to do it because it needed to be a certain length and everything. Because right, for it's, Di- a, it's original Disney movie, and they're gonna TV. have and they're gonna have commercials and everything. So you gotta kind of have to do this because I think if it was on TV, it'd be almost two hours, right? About Pro- yeah, it'd be about two hours. Because so the movie just on Disney Plus, it's about an hour and hour and a half, give or take, yeah. a little less than that. But yeah, those commercials comes out to two hours. I just I wish what they would have done. Like I like I kind of said throughout the the this episode is that they had decreased the amount of time they spent during that break in of the house, and used that time to spend to other words yeah. to expand. Like even just giving a more like I said natural conclusion to things mm-hmm. happening rather than just speeding through that end and being like okay here's how we figure out how we give a happy ending. It just I don't know it it ugh, it's so irksome. Like, I would want to see someone reboot this mm-hmm. and see, like, another take on this material. But still fun. Yeah. Now, Kyle, I have three options for you next week. Mm-hmm. But rather than tell you titles, I'll give you basically what the movie's about. Okay. And then you tell me what you want to, what you want to watch. Okay. So we can watch a movie about bowling, about quintuplets... Or about scientists who have a project go amok and they grow younger by the minute. Okay, I know, I think one of them is Alley Cats, right? Maybe. The bowling. I don't know the other two. So, let's go with the middle one, which was the, not the scientists. The quintuplets one? Yes. Okay, so that decom is Quince. It actually has an actress in it that we've seen before. Okay. It's the actress who plays Marnie in Halloween Town. Okay. And out of those three options, mm-hmm. Quince is the only one I haven't a hundred percent seen. Like I've seen scenes right. from it here and there. I know it's about quintuplets. And but... all of these are two thousand, so I pretty yeah. probably maybe not all of them, but a lot of them I probably have seen mm-hmm. and seen some of it. Mm-hmm. But the, I know, yeah. Let's just say in the... yeah. So Quince is the like I said the only one that I. I have no idea what exactly it is about other than that there's quintuplets. But we'll know soon enough whether we like it or not. (laughs) So, guys, tune in to this episode next week to find out our thoughts on quints whenever we watch it. Mm -hmm. You can find me on all social media at Tyler92. Kyle. You can follow me at no social media, but I'll say talk to you next week. And you can follow our podcast social media on Facebook and on Instagram at Nostalgia Decoms Today. So until next time, goodbye, guys.